what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the one and only Long Beach State Athletics podcast that features the one and only athletics director, Andy Fee. It is the LB Fee Show, hosted by the562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler, and to my right... Mike Gardabasio, we're dropping these shows on you every other week. This will be a quick programming note. This will be our last show of 2018. Hope everyone has a happy holidays, a happy break. Get some time with your family. Come hang out with us and the rest of the Beach family in the Pyramid. We've got some exciting stuff coming up. We will be joined a little bit later on by head coach of the men's volleyball program, Alan Knipe. A really fun, in-depth conversation about how the defending national champions are going to try and defend that national championship. Uh, and I, I'm, I really enjoyed that interview, JJ. I thought it was really great. It was really, really good. Uh, Alan has a way about him where he talks and you have to listen. We got him. I feel like we, I feel like we cracked the shell open a little bit. We got yeah. to the crab meat. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So we now bring on Andy Fee. Andy, happy holidays. How you doing? Happy holidays, gentlemen. How the heck is it already the end of 2018? I don't 2018? know, man. Great was, It was the, both the fastest and so, – but at the same time, is it not hard to remember? It's like, oh, there was an Olympics this year. Like, that's how long this year has been. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. It's um, been the fastest and slowest year, like, maybe of my whole life. So happy holidays coming up. You know, obviously Christmas and New Year's and all that stuff. Um, are, you a, are you a holiday guy? Do you get geared up? I, I somewhat am. Uh, I say that because my wife really is. So okay. by so you default, yeah, uh, right, right. you know, I'm putting <laughs> lights up and putting lit up toy soldiers up at the front door and oh, whatnot. Nice. So yes, but I, but I do love I do love the holidays. Obviously, when you really boil it down, it's it's just a great opportunity to reconnect with old friends and family. And uh, I know everyone out there listening is is doing the same thing. Absolutely. Do you have a favorite food for the holidays? A favorite? Mike's would be food. candy. So. Candy can- I mean, candy canes. I put down, we had a bunch of friends over yesterday. I probably put down six candy canes, full size candy canes. I'd go cookies. Like the holiday okay. cookie assortment of just the frosting yeah. and the sprinkles. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan, big cookie guy. You soft so. cookie or crispy cookie? I'm really a soft cookie guy, but Me during too. the holidays. He's not yeah. a monster. Yeah, right? <laughs> who, likes crispy, who prefers crispy cookies? I think they actually do. There are some people out there. Oh, my God. No, but you're right. The frosting on everything. Exactly. How do you go wrong, about, right? the best thing about the holidays. Just frost it all. Yeah, I, I, that's that's my thing is that frosting makes anything good, right? So you're staying, in, uh, you're staying locally we'll, for the holidays? We'll be here in town in Long Beach for the holidays. And, uh, you know, as I said, just relaxing. But also we've got a few events going on, so – It'll be nice to be able to uh, to pop into campus and uh, support the programs. Yeah, a couple of big basketball games coming up, coming off a few big basketball games as well. We've got to talk about the women's basketball team getting a big win over Grand Canyon, 57-50. You heard that right. Take the under, especially when you're going to start five girls who really know how to play some defense. Uh, sophomore Naomi Hunt was the leading scorer. She had 20 points coming off of the bench. So, Andy, I know you were there for the game. I it had to feel really good to kind of like get that monkey off the back and get a victory here in Walter Pyramid. Yeah, you know, and and they've put out great effort during this uh, this streak of, of losses, unfortunately, as we put it. But um, you want to be rewarded, you know. I think coaches always talk. You don't want the moral victories. I mean, you do always want to point to the positives uh, of your of your of your game, whether it's a, a win or a loss. But after a while. It, it, it doesn't help. And so when you do come through, I think the intensity shown by the team, and I talked to the team in the locker room after the game and just shared with them my thoughts. Uh, I'm by no means an expert in, in X's and O's, but I just said the intensity level 
uh, defensively that was set by the tone of the starting lineup to focus on the defense, really set the team to succeed. And, uh, you know, I'm excited what this team can do. It's It's been a battle we, we've seen, but uh, I think going into conference, you know, we've got Utah State coming up, but in, in the conference, I think we, we match up very well with these teams. Well, particularly if they're going to play defense, like you said, the way that they did last night, forcing Grand Canyon into 24 turnovers, that will help you win a lot of basketball games. Uh, but the men's basketball team is going to be home later this week, taking on Pepperdine on Thursday evening here in the Pyramid, and then hosting Colorado State on Saturday at 2 p.m. Uh, I know JJ is fired up for both those games. Those should be good. Again, like you said, pre-conference, kind of like let's set the watermark and figure out where uh, where things are going to go in January. Yeah, the women's basketball team, like Andy mentioned, is going to be at Utah State on Saturday. I also wanted to mention a few awards that came down this last week uh, since last time we recorded. Shout out to just or excuse me, Junior Austin Stewart, men's volleyball or excuse me, when men's water polo had five guys on the All American list. And, uh, and Stewie was on the top of that, making the second team. I also wanted to shout out Dana Fujikuni for women's soccer. The 2018 Big West Midfielder of the Year was selected to the Women's Scholar All-American second team. So she's doing it with her smarts as well. And that was announced last week. And I love those awards because those are given by the coaches. That's right. The coaches know who deserve that stuff. And you have to be pleased that, uh, that in a week you've got All-Americans, but also somebody you know, being rewarded for what they're doing in the classroom. Yeah, and, and we, we preach that all the time. You know, and the number one thing we're here to do is provide the best possible experience in the classroom and on the field of competition. And, uh, you know, anytime you can celebrate those accomplishments, it means that collectively, and it takes a village, we're all doing the right thing. All right, Andy, uh, thanks for joining us. We are going to bring in our guests. But first, I wanted to remind Long Beach State fans about the 562.org and all the coverage we've been providing and will continue to be providing for Long Beach State. It is the only news source for your Long Beach State action. We've got a daily newsletter, highlight videos, previews, recaps, photos, Twitter updates, and uh, I, I can promise you we will have a lot of men's volleyball coverage coming up this year. We now welcome our special guest, an LBSU alum and a newly minted national champion, Coach Alan Knipe. How are you, Coach? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Uh, are you getting those little butterflies right now, like right before the season starts? You feeling it a little bit? It's something manlier than butterflies. He's <laughs> getting like, what, 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 do you, what do you have? What's in your stomach right now? <laughs> you know what it is? It's just uh, at this time of the year when the guys are in finals and um, the week before finals, and there's not a whole lot going on for us by, by rules. It's just that you don't have a lot of control, and you don't like that when you're someone like me. Um, of what what's going on on a daily basis right. and what are we doing to get a little bit better. But there is a side of it right now that we get better by the guys getting healthy and, you know, getting finals out of the way and being done. There's such a – the way our semester – the way that we're a semester school and a spring sport, shedding the burden of finals before the holidays where, uh, you know, like a, a quarter school would be having finals after the break. Right. Um, shedding that and having come in, and we don't start this, the, the academic year until the end of January. You see the, the burden lifted on the guys that for like three weeks they're like professional athletes. You know, they don't have to go to class. They're, they're in. They're getting ready for the season, and it's always a great time. So, yeah, I feel like you always want to be with them right now, but you know that we're right around the corner from that. Probably the best feeling of the year, those three weeks when they're, it's just volleyball. Butterflies are mainly, by the way. We, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. You're it's right. right. They're, it's a hardy species. Um, 
We, uh, well, I, JJ and I tell uh, college kids that all the time. We go, you have to enjoy the feeling you have when you finish your last final and you're done with something and you don't have anything to do for a while because once you get a job, you'll never have that feeling again. <laughs> you know, that's just... <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody says at the end of a season. That's supposed to be nice to have those, the summer off. It's like, yeah, oh, right. man, I, I, <laughs> you know, I'm not yeah, an elementary right. school teacher. I'm not out for the summer. I'm, right, exactly. I'll be doing things all year. Well, we felt like, uh, so you guys have some exhibition matches uh, at the end of December here in the Pyramid. You can see that schedule at the 562.org and then uh you know then the schedule starts in earnest in january we felt like now would be a perfect time to talk to you for exactly what you just said you could take a little bit wider view you're not quite so wrapped up in okay here's what's got to happen on friday um and so we wanted to kind of take a a little bit longer lens with the you know look at kind of the moment that you guys are having in your program right now and so my first thing uh you know when i used to talk to brian gemolaro he would, whenever the undefeated season that they had would come up, he would always talk about the sets that they lost during that season. <laughs> it's like kind of keeping him up at night still, you know, 20 years later. Yeah. Um, you guys had in 2017, obviously not the end of that season that you guys wanted. Is that something that still bothers you, or do you see it more as a necessary part of the journey to get to where you guys got earlier this year in winning that national championship? Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy to say once you get to the Final Four, you're irritated that, you know, you didn't win the last match. But yeah. uh, when you look back, it's when you're when the key guys on our team, or I shouldn't say the key guys, that's not fair, but the guys that maybe logged the most sets and the guys that got all the swings um, were freshmen and sophomores in two Final Fours, and they didn't play maybe the way they wanted to. And I just – it's not necessarily – I know for a fact it wasn't their prep and it wasn't their effort – the moment was simply too big for us. Maybe us as a program, maybe you know those guys, maybe all of us included. But uh, the moment we weren't able to get out of our own way at times in in that final four, and we still had chances to win. Right. Um, it is a process, and whether we like it or not. It's a process. Going on the road and winning, winning in the playoffs, winning in five sets, winning the conference, winning you know, games that you should win, winning on a Friday night against a real good opponent, and then winning again on Saturday night against a lesser opponent, not having that dip. Right. These are processes that you go through. So going through the Final Four and not getting um, the success or the result that we wanted, um, we didn't like it at all. But the best part was the result that we got out of it last season. And, I, and of course, I mean the result at the end with winning it. But if you look at the body of work, it never faltered all season long as the preparation. So would it be the same? Would last year's season been the same had the year before not been the same? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. maybe we win in 17, we have a great year in 18, and aren't able to finish that game in Westwood because of not maybe having just the same attention to detail or grit right. or resolve that they had from from losing. I don't know. There's no perfect way. You know, everyone's journey is different to that. But either way, they've they've had a wonderful group. This group's had a wonderful start to their career, right? Three Final Fours yeah, and a National you can say Championship. That. Sure. And they come back. <laughs> and a couple <laughs> National Player of the Year. We could go down the list on some of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what we thought they would be coming in. You know, it's what you'd hope they'd be coming in. That's what every everybody would like to think of them. But the nice thing about this group is they're super excited about what this season is. They've, a lot of these guys have had options, as you, everyone knows, that they, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that they come back for their senior year. Even right. though in other sports that might be more common, it is starting to happen more in volleyball. 
and having the year that they had. You're saying specifically because there are professional offers on the team. Yeah, there's professional offers, uh, national team type stuff. Um, there's a lot of guys that would say, hey, if I'm I in the Tokyo Olympics, um, why do I need to come back? And play collegiate volleyball. Why, why am I right taking? Why am I taking this, stat, this stats class? That's at, right. You know, 1 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon instead of being in the gym. That's right. Why am I in the the gold mine at four o'clock on <laughs> Wednesday with Alan again yeah. <laughs> in the fall, um, listening to him talk to freshmen? You know? But uh, no. But in re- but in reality, uh, it's, it, it's the commitment to those guys, one another. First, that that group, that that core group, and the group in general. And then we're just we're just excited as a staff and for our for our guys for the volleyball community for the school for everyone that they get a chance to see these guys again that it wasn't um, a great night in LA in May and that was great that's where it ends so it's we're, we're fortunate we look forward to it speaking of that night when you guys drew in the banner yeah, it's uh, our first official home game, it's, which is the way we wanted to do it, and that would be our uh, match on the 25th, I believe. 25th Roger? or 20th. 25th is the date um, against SC. And, uh, there's they, space up there in the rafters now. There's space there. There's up there. There's a banner-sized hole Well, the ready. good thing about the rafters of the pyramid, there's a lot of space yes. up there. So <laughs> maybe that's a good sign. Um, yeah, for sure. We would like to add a few more, but, <laughs> but we'll, we'll take this one and we'll put it up on that first night against SC. And we've already done the ring ceremony, obviously, against uh, with the alumni, um, the homecoming game for men's basketball, which was great just to kind of don't want to trivialize, but to kind of get that thing out of the way before yeah. a real match is going on because that way uh, they could re- they really did enjoy the ring ceremony. It was fun for them the whole day. And then for uh, the, the, the banner can be a quick drop it, celebrate and let's start the 19 season mm-hmm. you and i were looking at each other on the ring night though going boy are you glad there's not an extra 20 you know 20 <laughs> minutes from now these guys can be playing volleyball because yeah. sure they had you know they had the jewels in their eyes a little bit yeah. you know <laughs> it's fun you know you talk about it so much there's so much um you know dreaming of those moments as an athlete that to do it with a two-minute Big West schedule or three minute whatever we're allowed to do something before a match and then say okay put it away we're going to get started isn't isn't the way you want to do it you know i know as a as a player when i got mine in 91 we got at the halftime of the football game in the rain nice but uh <laughs> either way it didn't change the fact of how enjoyable that evening you was held them for up us. so that the fans that were a mile and a half and <laughs> they away couldn't see it standing in the middle sure. of veterans yeah. field and, yeah it wasn't necessarily the greatest night but it, it, it didn't change our enjoyment of the night <laughs> um so you know one thing jj and i are obviously aware you're probably as knowledgeable about your sport as any coach we've ever been around and not just in terms of the, the x's and o's but sort of it's uh, ecosystem system and it's it's place within the larger sports ecosystem in america um would you i feel like if you were drawing up exactly what men's volleyball in america needs it would be your team in, in this year that's coming up i mean a team that's coming off of a national championship with a great kind of budding amazing one versus two rivalry in another famous college that's just up the street um you know two national players of the year do you see this as a year you're obviously more focused on what you guys are going to do but can you step outside of it? do you see this as a moment where maybe your sport can have some big crossover appeal that you know more people yeah. could get pulled into I, I was telling jj like this is the kind of season to me where men's volleyball gets an article in sports illustrated you know yeah, what i mean sure. where it gets some of the bigger attention yeah you know i was just i just recently got back from the women's final four because we have our national coaches convention wrapped around that and the amount of the amount of um, excitement about the match 
the final four match of how good it was and how exciting it was and the level of play. They, I mean, a number of people spoke about it. The AVCA president, Kathy DeVore, spoke about it on stage in front of the entire luncheon, the right. awards luncheon, about the quality of the match. And I think that's really the, the thing is that the volleyball is so good. The level is so high. And there's the, the teams that played in the final four last year could win – uh, matches in international tournaments. They could beat national teams. I'm telling you. It's, wow. uh, maybe not get over the hump against, you know, the top four teams in the world or whatever. I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying that you could take this team, you could take the teams in the final four to the world championships and, and you would be at least 500. Is that because there's a, uh, the talent is accumulating more to form super teams? Is the coaching becoming more advanced? Are there more people playing? So it's a larger yeah. pool of talent. What's responsible? I think for it's that? a little bit of, I think it's a little bit of all of that. I think it's, um, first of all, the grassroots is blowing up for volleyball and there's, unfortunately it's a reverse funnel there's not a ton of opportunities still at the top so it's creating um nice depth for our programs you know the 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 the, the smaller group at the top where everybody would say they want to go um i would like to believe that the coaching's good and sure. i would like to believe that the training the difference i think right now is that there's a handful of teams in ncaa volleyball that are training their teams with a very much an international style. It's it's the very cutting edge of the game. Well, that's maybe an advantage of having coaches like you and obviously John at UCLA. They're national team guys, right? I mean, you yep. coach at that level, so that's what you you come back here with that mentality. I guess. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no you're seeing a bigger picture. You you know exactly what you're trying to prepare your guys for to to individually to send them on to their career to do something else. But but also there's a confidence in. Um, being better at your craft because you had to be the margins are thinner at the national team level when you're playing the best teams in the world you're not going to get away with some of the things you can get away with as a staff or a team when you're playing some of the teams on your schedule and that's not to discredit our schedule it's just that you can't get away with it at, in any capacity internationally so you you get better at your craft when you're doing that job and hopefully you bring it back but i also think that what you brought up about will there be maybe more crossover appeal or maybe more notoriety to our sport i hope so because what i'm seeing right now especially over the last couple of years um and we and this actually goes back to the days when we had taylor crab also is that when you sit courtside in person and watch an athlete like that play this game, it's hard to not want to see more of it. And when you see, when you come to the pyramid right now and you see the brand of volleyball we played in the match against UCLA last year when it was sold out here, both teams played great, great environment, great athletes on the court. But if you get to come watch Long Beach State every year, you get to watch Josh and TJ, Josh what he does, TJ what he does, Kyle what he does, and the other guys we have, there's there's no way you can't have better appreciation one for the game and two for the athleticism on display when you in, in person you just can't see that as much when you're watching the live stream or you're watching it on TV. If I were a Vegas bookmaker, and I were doing odds that's on JJ's dream job. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I took I took a left one. I should have went right. Uh, and I were doing odds on NCAA Player of the Year, right? Josh, you just best Josh and TJ. Both of yep. them have already won. Who do you think would have the best odds? <laughs> Well, um, cause you don't have to pick, I'm not making you pick. I'm just saying, who do you think is good. on that's the top nice of the around. favorites? Well, I think that it's what Josh getting it last year was incredible because of the fact that it's so difficult for a setter to get it. Um, it's just, you're a, you're a setup person and you're not going to get the awards. You're not the quarterback. You're not the guy that's going to thrive for 300 yards, you know? And even though we call setters and blah, blah, quarterback a lot, but you're not going to have the sexy stat of you know 36 kills of you know you're not, you're not going to have that but what josh is able to do with our offense of 
break the NCAA record two years ago for team hitting percentage and then re-break it last year with four <laughs> new pieces. Um, you're pretty spectacular. And I think that TJ said it really, really well, and I think it was in the article with you guys, and he said they finally figured out the real MVP over all these years, you know, <laughs> all these championships these guys won. And I don't agree with TJ in the sense that Josh yeah, TJ's clearly, okay, too. TJ's okay, <laughs> but it shows you how far he's come as the player he is to really defer all that accolade and what he really believes in Josh. But, you know, the other – so I guess by saying that, I'm – I'm kind of taking Josh out of that if you were a kind of a bookmaker because okay. that just by position, which makes it so spectacular, he got it. And I truly believe it was the right choice for him to get it last year. But I think TJ and Kyle put up such big numbers, uh, both from the front row and the back row, what they do, because TJ hitting the back and Kyle hitting on the D, and they both hit in the front row. And they're both so good from the end line serving, and they're both so good blocking that their numbers are always going to be so eye-popping that I think that if it was came out in some sort of Vegas bookmaking, which I'm not great at because I didn't say rules, I can't even be in a pool. I would say that you would have to go with the two pin guys. Okay. Um, but every volleyball purist around the country was clapping and cheering and all the emails and texts I got when Josh got named it right. okay. were super excited. Okay, that was a, that's a good breakdown. And the other thing I want to add to that is if there is sort of that crossover appeal that we're anticipating, and there's more cameras in the pyramid, the camera does tend to zoom in on the guy who got the kill and is yep. screaming after the point. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay, so you, you mentioned, Josh, uh, one thing, uh, you know, I don't know to what extent you're willing to talk about this, but I've talked to Josh some about his condition during the Final Four last year and, you know, how much he really kind of sacrificed. Is that something you guys are comfortable talking about, you know, what he was playing through? And Yeah, he's about and, about 60%. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you know, break down for us what happened. There was an injury in practice. Yeah, he got injured on Tuesday. We were leaving on Tuesday afternoon to go up to UCLA. Um, they, the Irvine-Hawaii game was that night, so we were going to watch a little bit of that match, and we were, uh, as, as coaches, watch all of it, but they have the guys watch the first set. And so we practiced here in the morning, jumped on the bus, and he got hurt in that practice, going up for a ball that was um, high and tight to the net, so fully extended one-arm type set and came down with a locked knee and – um, really injured his knee, and t Josh is easily one of the toughest players I've ever played. Not just because he looks like a middle linebacker, it's just because <laughs> sure. he's he one of the toughest. Guy. He yeah, was a football sure. guy. And I love those crossover <laughs> guys. Someone who, uh, <clears throat> someone who's been hit and is always a good volleyball player. Since there is a net in between our sports, says these guys are these guys. You can't touch each other. Um, no, but Josh, you know, he he took off to the training room immediately without asking, without looking for the trainer. He was just gone, and that's very unlike him. Came back all taped up and tried to play a little bit, a few more points, and then took off back to the training room. And at that point, there's all sorts of doubt. Like you're thinking. I mean, we play in 48, less than 48 mm -hmm. hours, and we're not going to have the player of the year set in our offense. So you go back to the hotel that night. I mean, were you just like hand it? You know what I mean? Like, like as a coach, that's got to be a, a terrifying moment for you because you yeah. said it. Like most great coaches want as much control as possible, yeah. and that is with your national player of the year <laughs> questionable. That's the moment of least control possible, right? Yeah. I mean, how did you personally handle that? Yeah, we had just dealt with it the year before with Bryce Yule. He sprained his ankle before we took off. I think I'm just going to cancel practice the day before <laughs> the final four. Yeah. But Bryce got hurt, and he was only he was very limited in Columbus the year before. Um, so I just I just feel like more than anything, I felt 
just so incredibly disappointed for, for our team and for Josh that w- would we go into this match? Not that I didn't believe Carlos could go in and do a really good job because he, had, especially at that time of the year, he had, he was doing such a good job in practice. But we're going to assume that the National on. Player of the Year has got the yeah, highest wins no, there's above no doubt. There's a natural, <laughs> there's there's a no natural <laughs> disappointment that your team, if we go roll into the locker room and we look at everyone and say, hey, Josh is out for tonight. Um, and let's face it, we won 32-30 in the fourth against yeah. Ohio State on his ace and right. his dump to <laughs> yes. get us there. So, I mean, he's a factor, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just more I felt really kind of disappointed, really, for Josh. And then, of course, for the team that we would go out there, maybe not at full strength, um, and, and go out there, maybe not even at full strength, but not even with our full roster, our starting roster. And it just seemed like, man, this doesn't seem right. You know, a team that's had the kind of season they had should at least have the chance to go out with all their guys and, and get to, and battle it out. But, you know, we were we were prepped to, to go either way the best you can. That's what you have to do in that situation. So you try to get quickly into the mindset of we can win this match with Carlos without a doubt, and we got to convince our guys that we can't spend too much time on what we can't control. We really can't do that. So we're going to go with Carlos as the prep and Josh as the hope that he'll be able to go. And when he was able to, uh, Jared, uh, our head trainer, and Brian Martin, who's with us all season long, did a great job with him and worked with our team docs. And and he was awesome. He wasn't 100%. He didn't serve and pass. But he I barely that, warmed up. I, I do know that Josh handed his little national championship trophy to the training staff. Yeah. After. yeah. <laughs> well, they were with him the whole time. And they took yeah. off to L.A. They, he was in their room the whole time. He was in the doc's office the whole time. And he we didn't see very much of him. And we didn't have him do anything other than warm up for the Ohio State game. He didn't do anything with us. We were going to warm it up and see how it felt. And if it felt good enough to go, he was going to go. And then there was also the thought of, okay, there's a really realistic chance here that he'll be able to set the Ohio State match and then have no way being able to set the national championship match just because he won't feel good enough to do that. Um, But typical Josh, you know, you you get – puts his arm around you and says, I'm all good, coach. No worries. I got it. You know, going out before we go out on the field. I mean, go on the court for the semis. And I think then a huge amount of um, adrenaline kicks into as an athlete. Like, there's no way I'm missing this match. I don't care. He's yeah. There's no way he was going to be honest with me anyway. So I didn't even really try to – he was sure. going to start the match if he could if, if he was in a leg cast. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and we'd have to sub out. There's no way the kid was not starting the match. Yeah. Wow. Just legend, dude. Yeah. Just absolute legend. Yeah, I thought, and I think the best part in this day and age was the fact that nobody knew what was going on during the final four. That is impressive. I, I was super impressed with our team being able to keep their mouth shut and uh, and Josh not wearing it where everyone would know. It's, you know, like, look at me. You, know, you see a lot of I'm athletes. trying to remember what you said when I asked you why he wasn't practicing, and it was like there was there was some, like, Yeah, because very... I tried really hard not to tell you things yes. that aren't true, so right. I'm not, yeah, I had I to dig deep yeah. in my bag of <laughs> vanilla ice cream to give you something on that one. But I, I, it just, I have so much respect for uh, his toughness. But then, like I just said earlier, right, we were talking about crossover sports. I'm sure Josh has played a football game or two in his life when he didn't feel 100%. And I, I got to imagine he was digging into that, that toughness. He was on the Bosco freshman football team. That, that team ended up going on to win a national championship. He had decided to focus on a different sport uh, to all of our mm-hmm. <laughs> pleasure, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we were talking a little bit off air, but uh, you know, both TJ and Kyle uh, not only – played with the national team uh, over the summer, but were a big part of it. Um, and, you know, that's pretty nice. I mean, I know, were they the only college players playing or close to it? Uh, they, 
yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't. I don't remember another current one. They had some yeah. guys just recent grads, like Jeff Jendrick from Loyola, who was a senior last year, went straight onto the roster as well, right. but he didn't have any more eligibility. So what is that – I mean, you, you coach the national team. Yep. What does that experience give to those guys when they come back to the yeah. collegiate level for this year? And is it awkward for you or maybe for them that because of the way things happen to fall right now, it's the coach they beat in the national championship yeah. is coaching them, you yeah. know, when they get to the national level? Is, is that weird, I guess, for you as well to have a rival coach, even though I know you guys are you know have a good relationship, yeah. with your two top guys over the summer? No, not at all. I think that – it would be if I if we saw the game really different, you yeah. know. But we, I'm sure there's things. Obviously, there's things John does differently than I, and and that's fine. But, but he's not telling him serve the ball, you know, float it over the net yeah, or something. There's like that. very much. There's a lot of crossover, <laughs> and then um, you know, I just think the experiences though for our guys uh, going to play in some of the places they played, and you know, playing in Poland and playing in Italy in front of thirty thousand people, playing against the Russians and dealing with a whole bunch of seven footers and the experiences and seeing really what's out there in the world for men's volleyball. TJ's had the luxury of doing it the year before, but Kyle was um, really, he, he, he emerged last year all year long, but at the end of the season, he was so good and he was so dominant that he had, they had no choice. They had to get him onto that roster. And, uh, but so in Kyle's mind, I'm not sure if he deep down believed he would be out there. He might, I knew he, he knew he would be with USA, but I bet if you asked him, he thought he would be with the, the Pan Am Cup team, the B team, and which was still a wonderful experiences. But to turn on, you know, TV and watch him play in Nations League matches for a million dollar prizes, and he's out there starting against the Russians. Um, I don't think he was ready to tell you he was. That was something he thought would happen. But he uh, came home with just almost in awe of what, what he had just put together from May through this summer. He had just went won a national championship and started matches for the national team. Um, he's starting to realize he's pretty good. That's amazing. Um, my last one, I know we've done this before, recommendation. What should LB Nation be checking out right now? I know you've got so much extra time on your hands that you're just filling it up with amazing books and TV and movies. <laughs> checking it out as far as something in their, in their downtime? Yeah. Yeah, um, well, there's this this year we've kind of had this belief of um, how can we continue to tighten up our culture and trust and go, going into a season where, you know, you're starting the year as the clear cut, you know, 16, I think, of the votes. I, I'm not on the voting, so, or we probably would have been 15 and one, but, <laughs> and then I would have been obvious who it was, but I did, I'm not on the voting this year on purpose, and that was a good thing. But we're, <laughs> so we're 16 and 0, or 16 of those votes, and th we knew that was coming, you know. Um, so what, how do you deal with that? So we, we've had a little bit of a, a theme through the fall that we're building on about um, tying in with the Blue Angels. And the Blue Angels, as far as obviously, you know, a mistake for us is a point. A mistake for them is catastrophic. It's more yeah. significant than a point, sure. So, um, and, you know, my brother being a, a marine aviator himself, you know, it's always something that whether I liked it or not, I, I was around it a little bit. And I've always had great affinity for what they're able to do. So mm. we had some – we've got some real good information, some behind-the-scenes footage of how they prep and how they talk to one another and the oh. amount of attention to detail that goes into – their pre-flights and their visualization and their communication. They literally will sit in a room and go through all the movements, 
simulate their routines without even getting into the plane. And it ties into a lot of the stuff that I believe about visualization and goal setting. And um, so we've used it. So what I'm thinking I'd say is, um, even though it was, maybe we don't see as much of them these days in our media, um, tie in, get, a, get online, watch some of the YouTube, or read a little bit about them, and hopefully you'll be able to, to see some of the, the parallels through our season um, this year and some of the things that you'll probably hear me talk about throughout the year. Have you seen the Blue Angels, Mike? Uh, yeah, when I was younger. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen, yes. I think. It super was impressive. like top five, like, I don't understand what I'm watching, but it's amazing. <laughs> it's super impressive, and hopefully we can even be a, just, you know, just a little bit better because we're, we're trying to learn from them. Good stuff, Coach. Thank you so much for taking the time. Obviously, best of luck this year, uh, and we'll see you soon. Awesome. Thank you, guys. We're going to bring Andy back on awesome interview with Alan Knipe. Uh Andy, we just talked to Alan Knipe about the Blue Angels which is not something I thought we would end up talking about today. But that's awesome. That was his recommendation. Alan is, will always take you on a journey. Yeah. So at the end of every episode, yes. that's what we do. Recommendations for LB Nation. What should everybody be checking out this week? What do you got for us? I'm going to go with a Netflix recommendation. Ooh. Sunderland Till I Die. So it is a series based on Sunderland FC, mm-hmm. English football club. Um, they play, I think, in its League One, which is, I think, either second or third tier. So this yep. isn't a Premier League team. So it's a, a smaller community, but uh, kind of it really talks about some of the struggles the team had on the field and how they relate to their relationship with their community. So it is an interesting story. That Very sounds like the kind of thing we're interested in. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Sunderland will be back. They'll get back to the Premier League. Always. Mark it down. Uh, but we might ha- need to have producer Roger call Netflix about a sponsorship because I was also going to recommend a, a Netflix series. I, do, I, I just finished watching Haunting of Hill House, uh, and if anyone has not seen that yet, uh, really scary. But like within that, I think one of the best family dramas uh, I've ever seen. I thought it was awesome. That's a good one. Uh, I will go away from Netflix. Um, there's this band you called Hulu guy? Yeah. <laughs> Amazon Prime band called Dwig D W I G. Uh, I just found them. They, yeah, they sound awesome, but specifically they have a music video that's like a really old cartoon set to their song. So it's it's kind of like playing Pink Floyd okay. over the Wizard of Oz. Okay. It's awesome. You got to check it out. Nice. That's it. I was looking over your your shoulder at your notes. It said D-W-I-G and it said all caps. And I was like, what does the twig stand for? Like, <laughs> oh, it's just the word twig. <laughs> yeah, best band name ever, right? Any band name that isn't actually a word, I feel yes. like you're, right. you're, on the right, yes. you're on the right track. Yeah, like um, war. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, we got some uh, holiday shopping to get done. So, Andy, thanks as always for having us on the show. Um, obviously, enjoy the holidays. Say hello to the family. All that good stuff. Likewise, guys. We're going to be back, what, like in early January, but not New we'll Year's be Eve. Back, we'll be, <laughs> yes. Yes, we'll be yeah, back take early a day January. Off. Like we said, everyone have a great holiday break. Hope everyone gets some uh, some downtime to relax. Catch up on old episodes of the LB Fee Show if you missed any. Good call. Uh, That's and, right. Uh, and we'll see you guys in the new year.